Hi, and welcome to a Network Collective Short Take. Today, I'm sitting here with Yvonne, and we're going to talk about thinking differently. We've all seen that slogan from Apple that says, think different. But how do we really think different? And do we really think different? And it really should be differently if we're going to be grammatically correct. But Russ... Talk to me about thinking differently. I don't know. I think for us, it just comes naturally, Yvonne. Oh, well, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time somebody's characterized me as different. As different. Yes, that is correct. Special. <laughs> Special. My, one of my nicknames in high school was random. That is so <laughs> shocking. I, I have no idea why. <laughs> So we, uh, you know, especially here in the States, we are a very individualistic culture and we, uh, you know, really value being different or thinking yeah. differently and, and having our own mind. But, you know, I think we need to sit back and look and really ask the question, do we ever really think completely different than anybody else? What do you think? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you can around the edges. I think there are some times when you can say, I disagree with my crowd on this, or I disagree with my crowd on that. There's always those instances, and maybe even on main points. But I think by and large, you're going to use the same logical structures and the same way of thinking about things that the people you know do, the people you follow do, the people you interact with do, even more so perhaps than the people that uh, you look up to. And, and you see a lot of this as you look at the history of thought and you look um, really at history in general, human history. You see that there are ideas that emerge and huge groups of people all think alike until a new idea emerges. And then again, um, you know, a huge group of people think that way. And then, you know, there, there are just different eras of thought and belief and uh and and we are more group thinkers than we want to admit acknowledge yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. or or oppositional thinkers i think it's important to point out too that sometimes we're oppositional thinkers like i'm doing history of philosophy right now in my phd program it's really interesting because um hegel is objecting to someone kierkegaard is in, objecting to hegel you know and you just go down this whole list and you're like wait <laughs> Everybody is arguing with somebody else. And that's the whole, they built entire philosophies around, I just don't agree with him. <laughs> right. An anti-philosophy. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, yeah. Kirk Kierkegaard in particular is pretty fascinatingly funny because he's like, and don't read my books either because they're, they're, they're nonsense too. <laughs> You're like, yeah. yeah. So I, I recently, um, the, the, the podcast, No Dumb Questions, they are getting ready to review the book, How to Think by Alan Jacobs. But one of the points that he makes in his book is that, um, that all of us are influenced by those around us and how the, yeah. and, and the people that we associate with and how they think. And so one of the ideas he advocates for is having a broad spectrum of thinkers um, and also to evaluate the quality of the thinkers that are uh, that you surround yourself with. So are, are they people that are reasonable, that are open to 
changing their ideas when presented with evidence? Are they, are they people who will converse and interact with re other reasonable people who think differently than they do? And that really um, we need a breadth of quality ideas and that we need, but, but, but you, you have to actively pursue that. Right. And I think whether um, in any endeavor, but even in, in networking, we can get pulled into particular schools of thought, um, either whether it's a, with a particular vendor or a particular open source platform or particular hardware where we get sucked in and we think a very specific way. Right. And um, sometimes we have to intentionally expose ourselves outside of that circle um, because eventually, I don't know how else to say this, you can you get, get a, kind of a, an, 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 an inbreeding of ideas, yeah. right? Yeah, like eventually blinders. it becomes unhealthy right. if you don't, you know, expand the thought gene pool, <laughs> if, if, right. you know, right. so to speak. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very definitely true. And, you know, there are some practical ways you can do that. Um, and, and by the way, I completely agree with you. I think that I don't know, in my experience in my career, I've been doing this for a long time. I think longer than you've been alive, Yvonne. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that serious. Not quite that long. <laughs> but anyway, so I've been doing this a long time and I just think that, you know, I run into this all the time. You run into people who are, oh, cloud, cloud, cloud. Oh, Cisco, Cisco, Cisco. Oh, Juniper, Juniper, Juniper. Oh, Arista, Arista, Arista. And they like jump up and down and they have this thing going on. And you're like, there's a world. There's a whole world out there, really. Seriously, there's a world. You know? and, it's, and it's okay to be enthusiastic about this technology. And it's okay to be enthusiastic about understanding that particular vendor or promoting that vendor or that particular technology, whatever it is. But there's a world and you need to know all of it and you need to understand all of it. And I think that, that getting blinders on thing, um, tunnel vision is what they call it in, in some areas of the world, tunnel vision. Um, and just... The intentional, I'm going to look and look, you know, and, and stop my tunnel vision and break out of it intentionally. So I think that's really important. Um, and I think there are a couple of ways you can do this. One is we often say, surround yourself with people smarter than you are, right? Like me today in this. No, I don't even go there. <laughs> surround yourself with smarter people smarter than you are. And not just because you'll learn stuff from them, but because you'll learn different ways of thinking from them. And I think that's the piece we miss, right? Is that it's the casual conversation that something comes up and you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and and so, I think there's, a, there's an openness that you have to have to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So we don't often hold our ideas loosely enough. Um, in, in other words, we, we don't allow ourselves to be influenced by others because we are so committed to driving a stake in the ground and insisting that we're right that uh you know that we're not open and really it, it is quite foolish to not change your thinking when approached with lots of evidence yeah. and we have all been guilty of that in different spheres but um we often um act like we are evidence-based, but really we're just picking what we like. Um, and, and studying also the biases that we have. Um, and sometimes we look at that word bias as, um, 
as it's a, as a moral evil. Um, and, and sometimes bias has been applied that way. But what I, when I say bias, what I mean is that we all are, um, as human beings, have certain biases. We have a selection bias. We have, you know, bias toward things that we've experienced um, in the past. Um, there, there's a long list of biases that we can have that are just part of human nature. And it's good to be aware of those as you think so that you can um, counteract those and bring new content into your life that uh, that helps you think more broadly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of it for me. It's just bringing new content in, right? Bringing it, re- read people and interact with people who disagree with you intentionally. And I don't just mean in the networking world, right? This is where part of reading and reading people who disagree with you is really, really important to me. Um, and again, not just in the networking world, of course. I mean, I read people who are layer two everywhere. Okay, whatever. But so does that mean you don't, you're not a layer two everywhere guy? <laughs> really? But, but still, you know. So reading people I don't agree with is, I think, is very, very healthy. Reading people you don't agree with and uh, reading, getting outside your main area of expertise. Now I know that Yvonne, you and I have talked about this in the past, and I know other people on the Slack have said. They don't even read networking books anymore. I, you know, I tend to focus on research papers in the networking world and RFC drafts more than books. But nonetheless, you know, still it is true. Getting stepping outside of this world, this little this little world we live in, it's kind of a sad little world. <laughs> Not always. It's never, it's never sad at our collective. <laughs> Is is really good. I think it's good to get out. We're the there. we're the Bob Ross of networkers. We're the Bob we Ross. Build, we build happy little networks. <laughs> All of our topologies look like smiley faces. <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far. Okay, but there it is. So I know that's going to be a meme in about two minutes after we release this video. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. So I think that's all true. I think that's really good is to think about, I mean, so tell me, I mean, how do you approach it? Do you approach it, Yvonne? I mean, what do you think about when you, when you try to get outside your, your realm? So um, I've sort of intentionally done that. I've pushed myself into um, a, a job role that's very new and different for me, which has helped me see the world differently. Um, but also um, I've, read a lot of business and leadership books, which um, that does a couple things. It, even if you're an individual contributor, you can lead people and, uh, and to understand some of those skills and traits, but also business and leadership books can help you understand the people that you have to convince in the technology world. Because often those of us in IT need to either convince business people or convince senior directors about a technology. And so reading books from their perspective helps you understand how to better communicate with those folks. And ultimately, um, if, if, if they control the budget, you need to be able to communicate with them to, uh, to impact change in your organization. So um, for, for me, that's in the technical world. That's how I've done it. That's, um, I think and, that's excellent. Yeah. And, and for me too, I've, I try to, um, there are a few folks that I look to, to recommend books. Nick Russo is a great book rec- recommender and he has 
um, a book list on his blog, but also um, thought provoking novels um, and things like that can be helpful too. Cool. Great. Well, I think that's it. I think we covered it. Yep. What do you think? Great. All right. So thanks for joining us for this short take. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Network Collective. Remember to come back and check out our membership op options. It's great just to hang out with Yvonne and I as we pick on each other all the time <laughs> in the Slack. He picks on me more. I'm just no, saying. No, that's not true. <laughs> but thanks and come back to the Network Collective.